Welcome to Big Ben and KWIN on NoFilter.net. Each week, we broadcast live on NoFilter.net. If you miss us, go to NoFilter.net, click on the vault, Big Ben and KWIN. You can watch us on demand at any time. If you're more of an audio podcast guy or girl, check us out. Spotify, Pandora, iHeart, and more. I'm KWIN, he's Big Ben, and he's Joel Kreibel. You know Joel from... Amanor Valley High School, where he's the number one ranked golf recruit in 95. Stanford University, four-time All-American. And if you're local to the Bay Area, you might know him from Pleasanton Ballistic United Soccer. <laughs> Augustine CYO Basketball or Pleasanton American Little League Baseball. Joel, thanks for jumping on the podcast. Thank you for having me, guys. I'm excited. Uh, you're taking me way back, man. I, I live in Arizona now, but but my heart is still in the Bay, man. I love it out there. It's great to have you on. Um, once we uh, traded messages, I had to reach out to some friends because the backstory is, is I grew up in Danville. You grew up in Pleasanton. It's about 20 minutes away. Like every sport possible, me and you both played, and we were always against each other battling. So mm -hmm. I reached out to Tyler Brown, who you played golf with at Monta Vista, and he told yep. me a funny story. Um, I think we were 13, and it was a Pony League team. And I think I played a little bit because I was playing basketball, but you played mm -hmm. a little bit more. And Tyler said he was talking to you, and you're like, yeah, I play golf, and um, I have a four handicap. And we're like, this dude is 13, has a four <laughs> handicap, and then like the next thing I know. He's like winning tournaments. He's playing in the Masters. So I was like, oh, that's why he quit baseball and basketball and <laughs> those other sports. Yeah, I, I did love baseball, man. I, it, was a, it was a tough one for me to choose between the two. But once you get to high school, they're, like, they're the same season, so you can't play both. So it was, it was a tough call for me. When did you know that golf was your future and you wanted to focus primarily on that? Um, it, I'd have to say I was probably about 15 when I, when I decided that I had to choose one or the other. Um, I, I liked them both about the same, but I just realized there was less golfers who were better than me than there were baseball players who were better than me. You know, it was, there was, there was some ballers in, in our area in baseball, man. And, and I kind of looked and I'm like, well, this guy's better than me. That guy's better than me. When I looked at golf, it, it was harder to find more people who were, you know, who were better than me. So um, that, that was kind of the deciding factor, and that's, that's what kind of led me to, to go with golf. But I, I, still, I still love baseball to this day. My son plays a lot. He's on a club team, so I, I get to kind of relive it a little bit and, and, uh, and play a little bit with him. So that's been fun for me. I always wanted to ask you this question. What was the difference between Pleasanton American and Pleasanton National in Little League Baseball? I don't know. I guess they just had to split it up because there was too many teams. I wish they'd kind of combine them together. Then we'd have a chance to actually win some games because we played, we played Santa Ramon Valley and we got smoked, man. I still remember my 12-year-old year. Like, everybody's excited for their 12-year-old year at Little League. And we go, and I think I think you guys beat us like 19-2 to two or something and in our first game. And we just like, that's just a thud and we were out, right? So, um it, it would have been nice if we combined the leagues. We need, we'd at least stand a chance against San Ramon. But, um, you know, it, it was just one of those things that we, we, we were more of a – we were a soccer town, man. We, we didn't uh, – you guys were baseball and we were soccer. So I, 
I actually, I don't know if you remember, I, I think it was when I was like 13 or 14, I came over and played some um, some ball over in San Ramon because our Pleasanton teams just weren't, <laughs> weren't competitive enough. That's right. So I played Danville Little League, and if it makes you feel better, we got smashed by San Ramon Valley, and I can't believe I'm admitting this because my San Ramon Valley friends like Ty Brown are going to blow up my phone once they hear it. But you're right. Like, it was so competitive in all the sports. But I think you're being a little modest there with the whole golf thing because, again, you were the number one recruit in the country. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think before you started at Stanford, you played in a couple U.S. Opens and the Masters. Like, what was it like or what was going through your head when you teed off for your first Masters? Um, well, I played, uh, the first major I played was the U.S. Open in, in 97. So I, I had gotten, you know, a, my feet wet a little bit in a major before um, I was at the Masters. But it's, I, I feel like there was a little different type of pressure on, on, on each event, you know, where the, it's a different challenge that each course presents. A, a U.S. Open is more, you know, back then there was really thick rough and uh, a lot of tree line courses and and fast undulating greens, whereas the Masters is more you know placement. You know you hear all about the greens and and uh, positioning yourself to to have the right angles and stuff like that. So each presents a kind of different challenge. So I was I was nervous in a different way for each one of them. But um, uh, you know I, I did. I think I was just young enough to not really feel the pressure as much. I didn't I didn't know any better. Right? I think I was. Um, I was 20 when I played my first U.S. Open and, and 21 uh, when I played the Masters. So I, I was just too, you know, young and dumb and excited to, to really feel the pressure. I mean, it, it, I, I think I'd be more nervous now if I had to go back and do it all over again, knowing what I know. I think you would do just fine. Uh, last question I have, and I'll hand it over to Big Ben. Um, there's some legendary stories about your Q school and the last day of Q school. Can you tell me about like what happened on the last day of Q school and you know what you were feeling going in that day? Because I believe Ty Brown said you may have shot like a sixty-three or something on your last day. Is that um, one of the years I did? I, I was I, I played pretty badly. The that was when the final stage of Q school was six rounds, um, and I uh, I'm trying to think of what year that was. It might have been two thousand one, something like that. Um, but I had made it to finals, which then you at least have status on on the Corn Ferry Tour, which you know whatever it was back then. Buy.com, web, you know, web.com. It's been I played in almost every one of the iterations of that tour. But um, you know, I was far enough out that I think I needed to literally shoot something like fifty nine or you know sixty to get my tour card. But I at least locked up fully exempt status on on the Corn Ferry for the following year, which is which is big because you can plan out your schedule. You don't have to worry about um, going out on Monday qualifying early in the year. So that, you know, that kind of got me going. It, it, a big part of playing at the professional level is getting status um, on one of the tours. And, and, you know, until, you know, it'll be coming back next year to be able to go straight to the PGA Tour. It was nice having Q School that you could get straight onto the PGA Tour and, and skip, you know, having to play the Corn Ferry. I know that the stats kind of dictate that the, the guys who spent, a, you know, the full year on the Corn Ferry in general – you know, when you put them side by side back then, did a little better um, in terms of how they performed the first year out than than the the guys who made it through Q school. But um, it was nice to have that carrot kind of dangling at the end that you could could end up on tour, you know, right away because it's. I mean, you're making ten times as much money out there, and it's it's pretty nice. 
That that's a wonderful segue. I'm going to take that ten times the money, and I'm sure I have an analogy for the PGA Tour versus the Live Tour. But so this is going to be a loaded question, Joel. What what is your analogy you'd have in terms of PGA versus Live? <clears throat> um, man, it it. it it just it gives the guys um who who did it just an exorbitant amount of security involved with what the you know the decision they've made and and um i mean i it, it's a tough question to answer as far as like are you in favor of live or are you not um it it brings a whole different um you know kind of aspect of golf to the table um i I can't fault any of the guys who have gone. I know, I know a lot of guys who have, and it's, it's hard to, you know, when somebody's, uh, you know, got a, a whole ton of money waiting for you and, and, you know, you don't even have to perform. I mean, it, you know, some of that's what's great about golf, right, it, is you have to prove it every week. And a lot of these other contract sports, as much as, you know, having my career go the way it did, I would have loved to have had one of those fat contracts up front and, and you know, it would have made the injury a little bit easier to stomach. But, you know, in this sport, it's it's one where you, you traditionally have had, you know, it's what have you done for me lately? It doesn't matter who won last week, who's what's going on this week. And, and that's, you know, the, there's some weeks you don't get paid. And that's, um, you know, one of the great things about the sport for a long time. Um, but for if somebody comes up and just any person in their job and says, Hey, I'm going to offer you five times as much as what you're making and you have to work less. <laughs> who's not going to take that, you know? So you, you, you can't really fault the guys who have taken it. I understand there's, you know, some political things at play, but you know, it, it, it's hard to turn down the security that they were offering for, for some of these guys, especially the ones late in their career. There's, you know, you can go back and forth on some of the younger guys and the legacy aspect of um, playing on the PGA Tour versus an upstart tour. But, you know, I, I know some guys who are in their mid-40s and, and you know, you have to make a – you have to play really well on the Champions Tour for a long time to make, you know, $15 million, say, if that's what they were guaranteed, some of them. So, um, you know, I get the, the, the older guys just taking that, that grab at the end of their career. I mean, I understand that completely. I think Freddie Couples personally wishes he was 20 years younger. Right. Yeah, that's I, one guy. Man, I, even what some of these college kids are getting offered right out of school, it's like, I wish I was 20 years younger. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the bottom line is whether you play on, on the PGA Tour, whether you play on Live, or whether you're an aspiring player trying to get to the PGA Tour or Live or whatever, if you're in the top two, 300 players in the world, you're going to be richer because Live came along, no matter who you are. The, the, the tour players, they have increased purses and, you know, obviously a little bit less competition because there's some, some solid players that left, but um, everybody's going to gonna make out well financially uh, because of it. Yeah, looking back at it, I think Phil Mickelson, he was just kind of blackballed from the PGA. He, I think most of them and most players would look at him and go, thank you. Probably not to his face, but, you know, in a handwritten note that ends up in his mailbox. And I honestly, as a player myself, um, you know, you're, you're right. There's guys on that tour live like Dustin Johnson, who would rather be fishing. Pat Perez, who would rather be at the craps table. 
And then you got a guy like Cameron Smith, who a lot of people said, you know, why are you going of all people? You know, mm-hmm. you seem more like on the Rory McIlroy track. But he's going, hey, I don't know how long I can stay this hot. Why would it? Why wouldn't I just go leverage it on live and make as much money as I possibly can? Yeah. And and you you hit it as a previous golfer. You know, it widens the market and opportunities for kids who want to aspire to play golf. I bet you there's more kids picking up the golf club now than anything seeing how much money you can make yeah absolutely i mean there's like there's a lot of money going on out there and uh, um there's I, i'm kind of losing, <laughs> losing where i was but um the the live guys that you know there's some that are like Cameron Smith, like you said, that that legacy would be an issue. And and the tour players that seem to have a problem with the biggest problem with the guys are are the ones, the Justin Thomases, the Roy McElroys, the ones who, you know, their their legacy is based on how many majors they won, how many tournaments they won. And if the field is diluted, they I feel I think they feel like that might take away from what that legacy is that they've created. And people can say, well, you're not beating all the best players in the world because it's you know, there's now a bunch of players who are not there anymore. So, you know, th- those are the guys who are who have been most vocal about being anti-Live. You know, if you talk to a bunch of other guys out there who might not have gotten an offer from Live and are kind of a middle-of-the-range player, they're like, dude, I can't blame them. I would have done the same thing if I was approached, right? Yeah, I don't know what the record books are going to know post, pre- or post-Live, right? I, I think that's the point. It also yeah. doesn't hurt, and probably, we, Kyle, we can transition to picks after this but it doesn't hurt that every wife of every golfer i've seen run onto that that green <laughs> thumbs up so that would <laughs> that would inspire me to live or otherwise yep. pick, pick, pick up a seven iron and start swinging that's it all right joel now to the fun part so nfl week seven we've got 10 games for you to pick uh, just pick the straight winner. There's no spreads. Okay. Spreads, okay. I got I got some good spread numbers for you, but we'll we'll go we'll go straight winners. All right. All right. Well, we'll go straight winners. But if you want to give us some betting tips on the spreads, <laughs> more than happy to take them. I, I got one that I really like, but we'll we'll get into that. I'm sure we'll hit that game. All right. So uh, Ben, we'll go every other. So I'll kick it off Thursday night tonight. It's actually going right now. We got the Saints versus the Cardinals. Who do you like? Uh, I'm not going to cheat. I haven't even looked at it yet. Um, man, these both both these teams, uh, kind of have some issues. Um, but I just have a feeling Arizona is going to get back on track. It would have been nice if Hollywood hadn't gotten hurt last week to see what him and D hop could do together right off the bat. But, um, I'm going to go with Arizona. I, I, there, there's a lot of chatter about Kingsbury giving up the play calling duties and stuff like that, which may happen after this since it's a Thursday game. But I think Arizona figures a way to, to score a few points this week. I'm with you. I'm calling it the tight end bowl. Taysom Hill, tight end eligible in fantasy football. He leads the Saints with four touchdowns. It's going to come to him and Zach Ertz, a Monta Vista guy who went to Stanford. D-Hop is back. Hollywood Browns out. Zach has been consistent all year in a pass-heavy offense. I think Arizona wins and puts their eight-game home losing streak to bed. They win this. That's a lot, kid. Win. All right, second game, Joel. Motor City. Dan Campbell chewing knees and Jared Goff throwing balls to Amaran St. Brown. 
DeAndre Swift may or may not be back for this game. Dallas, kind of the same thing. Dak Prescott, is he playing? Is he not? Is he tracking for it? Do we want Cooper Rush? We're playing pretty good ball. Then Dallas. I don't know what Jimmy does, but who do you got in the game? I, I got Dallas in this one, um, whether Dak's there or not. Um, I know Detroit's coming off a bye, but they're giving up 34 points a game. And and even, you know, with, with Cooper Rush at quarterback, I'd still they'll move the ball. I think if Dak comes back, I actually think they'll try to run the ball a little bit more to protect him a little bit, to not ask him to do too much in that first week. And I think when when Dallas runs the ball, they're, they're more effective. So I, I, I like Dallas in this game to get it done. All right, next game, we got Green Bay versus Washington. Who do you like in that game? Two dumpster fires right there, man. Uh, you know, I, I saw a stat where LeFleur is like 5-1, and one, and this was against the spread, um, after losing as a favorite, which they were last week and they lost to the Jets. Um, it, you know, it, both of these teams are fielding a lot of questions on, uh, you know, on their – uh, what's going on. Um, at least Green Bay is only fielding football questions where Washington's having to field questions on their organization and what a mess that is from the top down. So um, I'm going to take Green Bay to get it done. I, they're ugly, but I, I think uh, they've got enough defense to, uh, you know, they, they can be run on, but Washington can't run the ball. So I think Green Bay gets it done. You're right. You know, I was looking at this game and like, who would have ever thought, like, Aaron Rodgers versus Taylor Heineke would be like a coin flip? But Green Bay <laughs> is playing so bad that it could go either way. I saw a stat this week where Rodgers this year hasn't thrown for over 262 yards in one game or three touchdowns in one game. And that's unheard of. That's how bad they're playing. I have them on my fantasy team, so it's killing me. <laughs> <laughs> but... Despite all that, Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers, and I trust Rodgers more than Tyler Taylor Henneke, so I'm with you on that pick. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to plug this in real quick, sorry. All right, while you do that, Joel, I'll preview this next game. This is oddly one of the like, two mismatched cities in all of the NFL. Uh, the New York Giants, the biggest surprise team, Danny Dimes, I don't know how he's winning games. Um, on the other side, Jacksonville's turned to Travis Etienne. They can't keep their receivers healthy. They're somehow kind of winning games. Odd game to me, but it's down in Jacksonville. Who you got, G-Men or the, the Jags? I got the Jags in this one. Um, I think both coaches have done an unbelievable job this year. Um, I know that Jacksonville's record doesn't show it, but I think they're better than the 2-4 and four team that they are. Um, you know, when you look at the, the, some of the stats that I like to look at net yards per play, the giants are negative 0.64 net yards per play on the year. Um, but somehow they're five and one. So I think, I think that the kind of smoke and mirrors, you know, that they've been winning with is, is going to come to an end at some point. Um, so I'm going to bet on it being this week, um, being on the road in, in Jacksonville. Okay. Next game. I'm calling it the field goal bowl. You've got the Jets versus the Broncos. They look so bad on offense. The Jets score with their special teams and their defense. Denver, I don't know what's going on in Denver, but this is going to be a defensive struggle. It's going to be an ugly game. I'm surprised they didn't put it on Thursday night because that's what the bad game is usually <laughs> on. 
But it's on Sunday. Who do you like, Joel? Man, I, I feel like a lot of people, uh, especially, you know, are on the Jets right now. So I'm going to go with the Broncos. I don't know if Russ is playing or not um, and how poorly he's played. I'm not sure if that makes a difference right now. Um, but their defense is legit, man. Their defense can really, really put a stop to some people. Um, you know, they are positive in net yards per play on the year by a fair amount. They're, you know, one of the better teams in that, that statistic. Um, and, and you know, the, the teams that the Jets have beat, uh, you know, I, I don't think the Packers are a good team right now. Um, they beat Miami without Tua. Um, they beat Pittsburgh, who I don't think is that good. So I, I, I think... I think Denver, with that tough defense, gets it done. Back to my earlier ask about the analogy, I was going to say, you know, the PGA Tour might be a little bit football-ish in terms of contracts and lives Major League Baseball, you know, long, extended, you know, Russell Wilson might might be trying out for shortstop for the Rangers. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, all right, Houston at Las Vegas. Houston, Davis Mills kind of throwing to Brandon Cooks. Uh, Pierce has emerged as their main running back. Hey, when you have them in our fantasy league, commend you. But Josh Jacobs is playing out of his mind as of late. Derek Carr, healthy, coming off buys, I believe. Renfo's healthy. Adams, Waller might be, might or might not be playing, but it may not matter. Who do you got in this game, Joel? Uh, I saw a stat where the, in the last nine times that this has happened, when both teams um, who are playing each other are coming off a bye, the favorite is eight and one, and seven and two against the spread. If if you care about that type of thing as well, so having said that, I'm going to go with Las Vegas to to win this game. Houston, uh, they they're gritty. You know, Lovey gets them playing hard, but they, you know they've been outgained in pretty much every game quite a bit. So. Um, you know, Las Vegas hasn't, hasn't shown on the win column, but I think they're going to, they're a better team than what their record shows. And I think they're going to, they're going to get it done against Houston. Moving to Seahawks versus the Chargers. You got big Ben Seahawks versus the Chargers. This is the game where I'm saying pound the over. I don't even know what the over is. There's going to be no defensive played by the Seahawks. We know that. You've got Keenan Allen back. You've got Mike Williams. You've got Eckler, who's battling Saquon Barkley, potentially as RB1, the best running back in the league. Who do you got in this game, Joel? Well, I, I was, I was going to take Seattle when I was thinking we were, we were choosing spreads. Um, that, this line came to, from seven down to five and a half. Um, but I, I, if we're going straight up, I, I'm going to go with the Chargers. Um, you know, Seattle's defense played a little better last week, but I think that's more a function of Arizona's offense playing poorly than Seattle's defense shutting somebody down because prior to that game, they couldn't stop anybody. Um, so um, I, I like your overplay because Geno's been actually really good this year, um, really, really solid, and uh, and I think the the Chargers offense going to put up points on, on just about anybody. I know they didn't do much against Denver, but like I said, Denver's tough. So I... I I do like the over, but but I, I think uh, the Chargers have just enough to to hang on and win this one. Okay, when you want to comment on that, I know you're you're living with a Chargers fan, so you can take the Chargers, and I can resent you. For the I, I have to go with the Chargers first. fan. <laughs> go or for else it. I'd be kicked out of the house. So I'll go Chargers too. <laughs> okay, Joel, we didn't tell you what you're playing for. Yeah. The Big Ben 
and K win NFL pick'em was won by Sean Salisbury last year with nine out of ten. Okay. This year we've only had seven out of ten as the top. So you take eight, you get the you 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 take the lead. Our trophy is actually twice the size of the claret jug. So <laughs> if you can imagine that in your home and trying to drink beers out of it, that's that could be you. So I, I will do it. I'll post. I'll post taking pictures of me drinking out of it if I win. Absolutely. Uh, KC, after I actually, I, I'm a Bills. I, I was I was jumped into the Bills Mafia, if you would, um, who just lost to my Bills against San Francisco. Juju Smith Schuster showed up for a hot minute um, last week. The Niners. I don't know. Is Kittle back? Is he not back? Who's their running back? I don't know what's going on in the Niners' backfield, but uh, Joel, maybe you can clarify some stuff for us and give us a one. Man, I, I I almost put my Niners hat on to join you there, K. Win. Um, but I just I think coming off that loss to Buffalo, I think KC is going to be they're going to be heated. Um, San Francisco still has too many injuries on defense to be able to stop Patrick Mahomes, and I and, and I just I don't think they have enough offense to win a shootout. So I hate picking against my Niners, but I, I'm going to take KC. They're they're just too injured on D to 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 get it done. So Joel, in 2020, I went to a Super Bowl wedding. The only problem is there was no TVs, and they didn't know it was a Super Bowl. So the Niners get there. My girlfriend at the time, now fiance, is like, my sister-in-law is getting married, tells me the date. I'm like, it's a Super Bowl. <laughs> the Niners are in it. So I somehow snuck off during the best man speech, watched the game a little bit with the Chiefs fan, and I was disappointed in the outcome. I think it's going to be the same outcome. I think the Chiefs are going to win, unfortunately, and I'll be able to watch this game in its entirety. All right. Well, next time they make it there, who knows when it'll be, but... Uh... You, you're gonna no exceptions this time. You can, you gotta go. No exceptions, gotta go. All right, next game we got Pittsburgh at Miami. Miami, we got Kenny Two Glove Pickets. That's Ben's nickname for him. Versus Tua. Tua is back in town, and the Dolphins need him because they struggled mightily without Tua. Who do you like in this game? You just said it right there. I mean, they're a different team with Tua and without, right? They. They were a top three, you know, passing offense with him, and they 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 couldn't beat anybody without him. So if he's back, uh, it's it's Miami all the way. I you know Pittsburgh, uh, you know, pulled one out of the hat against Tampa last week, but I, I they're just I, they're just not a very good team right now. So I think Miami wins this one pretty easily. Okay, Joel, last one. And to coin a term from K-Win, I'm going to call this a bowl, this game a bowl. And it's called the boring. God, no one is going to watch this game unless you live in New England or Chicago. Uh, they're going to run a bachelorette parallel to it, and it's going to get more viewers. It's going to be abysmal. You have Mac Jones. I think he's back instead of what's his name? Kibby. Zappy. Zappy, zippy, zappy, zoopy. Don't, don't worry, be zappy. Versus Justin Fields, who looked like, I think, even said he'd rather be eating cheeseburgers than playing football. So, Nick Folk and is it Cairo Santos? I think you're right. I believe, I believe that's the kicker there. I know the 
Another Bears kicker? Okay. You don't, you don't want to have him because they don't score enough. <laughs> I think he's on waivers. And I <laughs> All right. Chicago at New England. I don't know the weather, but I have a feeling this game looks a lot like what when the Bills played the Patriots and there's two pass attempts. Like, I, don't, <laughs> I, I think it's Herbert. It's Montgomery. It's Stevenson. And then... I don't know if Harris is back, but uh, Joel, who do you have in the game? Uh, I got New England in this one. Um, they, you know, it seems like they're starting to roll a little bit. You know, it, it, they got a lot of, you know, new ever since Brady left. They, you know, it seems like they're always kind of trying to tweak a little bit. And I think Belichick's finally got them going in the right direction. Um, you know, they take away whatever the other team does best. And with Chicago, I don't even know what that is. But whatever it is that Chicago does best, Belichick will take that away, and then they're left with even less than what they had before. So I think it's New England in this game, for, without question. Belichick on a Monday night, I, I got to think New England beats them. They play All defense right. decently well. <laughs> so just in case there is a tie, we have to have you pick total points on Monday night. <laughs> what do you think the total points will be? On Monday night, big big Ben. You wanna? Do you know what the over under is on this game? Uh, give me a second. I can tell you. Give us a second as you That's think or, through the total or, points. Or a or a phone call. Um, let me see here. About forty, forty-ish. I you're probably if I was gonna guess, I was gonna guess. Yeah. I take under, I think. 40, 40-ish <laughs> is right. It's 39.5. So, 39.5. Okay. Total points. And I I got to think under Chicago. You know, New England's defense is going to be, you know, I think Chicago has struggled to put up many points against them. Um, but, uh, man, it's, it, you might be right with the uh, total being – Low, I'd like to say like something like five points, but uh, maybe we'll go. <laughs> um, Safety and a field goal. <laughs> um, let's go uh, 37, 20 to 17. Uh, right. 2017 New England would be my guess. Well, Joel, let me, let me uh, spot check my picks, make sure I capture these correctly, and then I have one question for you for um, – I guess I let you go. My dog's growling and my wife got pizza, so I'm pretty hungry. Uh, <laughs> Cardinals, Cowboys, Packers, Jags, Broncos, Raiders, Chargers, Chiefs, Dolphins, Patriots. Okay, my question, Joel. Matt Kuchar or Justin Rose? Who is tougher? Who is tougher? Um... Well, you're going to make that one easy on me. Kucher was tougher to play because his, his dad was on the bag, and he was he was more difficult to deal with than than Matt was. He was he he might have had a, he might as well have had a skirt and pom poms while he was out there. <laughs> uh, so wait, did you beat him? You lost to him one year and then beat him the next. Uh, no, I lost to Matt in the finals of. Uh, the USM in 97, I lost to Justin in uh, the Walker Cup uh, the yeah. same year in 97. But, uh, I mean, obviously both great players and, you know, nice to be mentioned in the in the same breath with either of those guys. They both had pretty nice careers. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, 
taken me back a little ways for sure. Yeah. I'll take you back with my last question. Castlewood or Round Hill? Um, I'm a Castlewood guy all day long, man. Castlewood, the hill and the valley, you got two courses. Round Hill was tough, man. We It's probably because we got our teeth kicked in a couple times there at Round Hill. Got some out of bounds. It's sneaky. It's a tough little course if you haven't played it, man. I think that, that, that was the same at the hill up at Castlewood, though. Yeah. Well, Joel, thank you for coming on. It was fun catching up. It's great hearing your picks. Before we let you go, is there anything you want to plug? like a charity, your business, your brand, anything you want to say? Uh, yeah, no, no real plugs. I'm working for, for PXG Parsons Extreme Golf now. I'm still in the golf industry, even though I'm not playing much anymore. So I handle the tour department there. So, uh, you know, if, you, if you're in the, in the um, market of getting fit for clubs, there's some good deals right now there. So uh, go, go check it out at pxg.com. Definitely check it out. And uh, we'd love to have you back on the podcast at some time in the future. We can talk NBA. I hope you're a Warriors fan. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I haven't I haven't given up on any of my Bay Area teams. I'm still Niners, Warriors, Giants, you know, those are those are my, my go tos. So I'm I'm still still rooting hard for them. Giants have been tough to root for with the Dodgers in this run they have, but hey, at least the Padres beat them this year. All right. Well, thanks again. It was great. Joel, great meeting you. Good meeting you too.